Hello, and welcome to the 74th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again by Josh Seimer. Crum, I've got madness on my mind right now, but let's talk about NASCAR. Yeah, we, we don't need to talk about how much Duke is winning by, which if that comes back to haunt me, I'm going to feel real sad <laughs> having that in the intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, we uh, we got an iRacing update to talk about um, the upcoming Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, our reactions to Phoenix, both on and off track. There are a lot of off track things happening. Uh, and then a little preview of Atlanta. Um, and don't forget, reach out to us, look at our, what our suggestions are throughout the race weekend on Twitter at iRaceWeGamble. Um, still haven't gotten any really quality dad jokes for Josh on, at our email address, iRaceWeGamble at gmail.com. So step it up. Um, uh, Sarah, I'm talking to you at least. I feel like you can submit something, right? Uh, <laughs> but let me real quick just talk about iRacing. Uh, it's the first week of season two. Uh, Coke series was there on Tuesday this week. Uh, I was actually really impressed how much they didn't crash the first maybe 75 laps. Um, there was a couple of really close calls that they managed not to wreck. Um, some issues coming to pit road and things like that, but it's hard not to have those issues, but we'll talk about that more in the, uh, Atlanta section. Uh, Steven Wilson got the W, uh, Malik Ray, who was leading the points and who I root for, uh, was leading or in the top five. Most of the race had really good green flag pit stop, but ultimately got caught up in a wreck with like 12 to go. Nothing he could do. Just kind of got, uh, squeezed into the wall by cars underneath him. Um, and then as far as what I've been doing on iRacing, um, a lot of different stuff. They have the new gen four car. I did a race with those. That was super fun. The new late model stock was really fun at South Boston. I managed to get an A-fix win at Atlanta. Uh, I managed to spin out from the lead and C-fixed in Atlanta. Um, so really ran the whole spectrum. I also managed to get a Ferrari sprint win uh, that I was able to lead from the start to the finish. So that was kind of cool. Um, during It was the end of week 13, I think, uh, when I got that. So good week of racing for me. Had a lot of fun. Um, not going to do any Ferrari sprints this week because I don't know the track they're at. Um, so it'll probably just be more oval stuff, although I don't know how much Atlanta I want to do since it's kind of, uh, you know, how well you can avoid the wrecks. Um, but yeah, good week overall. Had fun. Um, should we get into the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Pretty straightforward weekend. No sprint um, from what I saw on the schedule. So uh, because they're in Bahrain and it's a night race or not Bahrain, they were in Bahrain last week. Saudi Arabia. Uh, the Jetta circuit um, qualifying is at one o'clock Eastern Saturday races at one o'clock Eastern Sunday. So pretty standard start times um, probably probably be done before the NASCAR race starts with the way the start times go. Um, and then the only notable thing about this weekend is Leclerc is getting a 10 place grid penalty for all the engine or component changes they had to make after last week. So not a great start to the season for him with a DNF and then this, but um, you know, he might be able to bounce back and make passes. Uh, personally, I have some idea based... I'll see how practice goes, obviously, but right now I'm leaning towards replacing Leclerc with signs since he doesn't have a penalty, and then upgrading from Joe Guan Yu to Botas. So I don't know if you've looked at your lineups or your chips or all the weird things that are involved with fan F1 Fantasy, but curious your thoughts. Um, I'm going to ride my lineup out the way that it is. I'm not going to start tinkering after one race. Um, I feel like I just had a little bit of bad luck and I am not going to mess around with the chips just yet until I can 
dive into some Reddit nonsense about <laughs> how people are actually maximizing their potential. Yeah, that's probably smart. Probably shouldn't just use them randomly like I did, but um, your autopilot chip worked out last week because you had Alonzo, or not last week, two weeks ago. You, that gave you Alonzo for the turbo, which I don't think you would have done had you not done the autopilot, right? Right. Yeah, so that was a nice usage of that. And then um, I think the only weakness from your lineup that I see from the first week was Lando Norris getting you negative one. So that's probably the biggest question mark on your board if you wanted to change anything. But I can understand, you know, it's early in the season. You don't want to overreact, make changes for changes sake. So we'll see how McLaren does in practice. Maybe that'll be enough information to make a decision in either direction. Agreed. All right, let's let's keep it going. Rapid fire. Moving on to Phoenix. Uh, ideal lineup was really surprising. I had a hard time calculating it because I'm still doing it. I guess what I'd say by hand. I'm not using like an algorithm, even though I could totally write one and have thought about it, but just haven't followed through yet. So <laughs> this might be the the final straw that breaks the camel's back for me actually doing that. But in any case, uh, the two obvious ones I think were Larson and. Uh, Byron, they kind of led the majority of the race. And then Harvick, actually, too. He he honestly should have got that win. I, I, before we get into more of the ideal lineup, Josh, dude, what was your uh, in-race reaction when that late caution came out? No, it was just the worst possible caution because Harvick's whole thing, the entire race, was having the long run speed. And yeah. then, uh, you know, taking the... I, I mean, I... I guess in hindsight, you say he took the gamble of taking the four-tire stop when everybody else took two, but um, it just it didn't work out for him. It wasn't, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I noticed this. I don't know if the crew chiefs notice this, but when you get a caution with 10 laps to go, you're essentially going to overtime. Yeah. Because even when everything's cleaned up and the pit cycles have happened, they just roll around that racetrack like three or four more laps for God only knows what reason. Um, so I think just a combination of him being the one guy who took four, the uh, nonsensical, long, drawn-out caution flags and all that just kind of did him in. But he ran a great race. Would have loved to have seen him win, but He'll get one this year. The way he's running so far, he'll he'll be on victory lane at some point this year. Yeah, I think already this year he looks way stronger than the start of last year. It's it's a market improvement in that category, and he's obviously a good enough driver and has a lot of motivation to get it done. So, I, yeah, I agree with you on that front. Um, I don't know if there's any Harvick to make the playoff futures that would be favorable, but I doubt you'd get good odds anyway. Um, the two big surprises, I think, in the ideal lineup were Tyler Reddick and Ryan Priest. Um, you, you told me before the pod, you'd like, go figure, Ryan Priest finally has his, his breakout race, basically, the week you don't start him. Um, that, that's how it goes, I guess, sometimes. But um, what are you, I, I mean, I think the notable drivers that weren't in the ideal lineup that were surprising were a guy like Ryan Blaney. He had the fourth most points overall. But he was so expensive, you couldn't fit him in with the other good drivers. So Ryan Blaney was someone who didn't make the ideal lineup that you probably would have expected him in there finishing, what was it, uh, second? Like, <laughs> it's pretty yeah, good. And if, you, 
if you would have had a, you, I mean, if you had them in lineups, you probably had a pretty decent build as long as you had either Byron or Larson with him, um, yeah. but not not the ideal lineup. So you're not taking not taking first, but you're still xing up your money. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really tight fit. I mean, there was a lot of drivers who scored similar points to each other. Like the spread of points is a lot narrower than I usually see. So. That's part of what led into the ideal lineup being a little difficult to create. But uh, Ryan Priest snuck his way in there with his $6,000 price tag. Um, and then Redick, I think the, the interesting thing you brought up with, you know, the pit stops and everything, Redick took four tires as well, and he managed to finish third. And I think he restarted behind Harvick. And that's, you know, more like just sort of luck of the restarts, what lane you're in and all that kind of stuff. But you have to figure, I think, Reddick probably picked up like six or seven spots in total over the course of that, like final restarts that happened. If Harvick, you know, depending on who doesn't and does pit or takes two rather, if Harvick comes out in fifth instead of seventh or whatever it was, and he only has four cars to pass and he gets better restart luck, he could have still won the race. So it's like, it's a really hard call to make because you're trying to make a call based on how many other cars are going to do the opposite of you. And you don't know what how many that's going to be, so it, it gets really tricky. I know there's a lot of Monday morning sort of crew chiefing as far as like taking two tires and stuff like that, but it, it is a much harder decision than I think people give it credit for. And um, yeah, I, the extra caution lab stuff is really annoying. Uh, they need to clean up a lot of stuff there. Yeah, and it doesn't help Harvick that two of those drivers that are in that ideal lineup are uh, two of the four that were cheating. That's right. Even though they didn't race with the confiscated part at all. <laughs> they were confiscated on Friday, and then they, they think they borrowed new ones from other Chevy teams. Um, which is kind of funny. But yeah, big penalties for Hendrick this week. Uh, 100 owner and driver points for all four Hendrick teams. Uh, 10 playoff points to all the drivers, except Chase Elliott, because he wasn't driving, so... No reason to penalize him for that. And Josh Berry isn't scoring any cup points. He's not eligible for the playoffs, so there was no need to penalize him at all. So Chase Elliott kind of avoids a penalty. I think it's kind of funny that like Chase Elliott hasn't done anything this year, is out for the next few weeks, and is probably going to have more playoff points than Kyle Larson, who at this point could have two wins, but instead has negative eight playoff points. Like, really, really twisting the knife on Larson right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. All four of them will still be in somehow. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Bowman's, I think, the biggest, uh, or or the one hurt the most, I think. Um, that or Larson, because like Larson, if he doesn't get as many wins as he could have, he's going to look back at the early part of the season and think, "Wow, I could have won at Vegas. Had it led most of the laps at Phoenix, uh, but then I got that penalty. And even if he wins like five races now, it's going to be, you know." only three races worth of playoff points kind of so like to me it feels like larson's facing the biggest playoff challenge if he assuming he makes it which i think we both do and i think bowman's gonna have the toughest time making it to the playoffs i think bowman is kind of putting him in a position where he needs a win to make it yeah question do you think i guess at this point do you think bowman can get in the playoffs without a win or do you think that happens i don't think anybody gets in the playoffs without a win this year Okay, so similar to last year still, you're thinking, even though Byron's got yeah. two? Yep. All right. Byron had two last year. That's a fair point. 
<laughs> uh, ju- just about as early into the season as he has him this year. Yeah, I mean he uh, he won at Atlanta, and that's where we're headed next. So maybe uh, maybe that's something we'll talk about. I don't know though. Maybe that big hat is squeezing his brain in the right way. Okay, so you know the, the big hat thing has become kind of a trend. Like I've seen it in lots of places. Obviously, like this is the first time I've seen it in NASCAR. Really, is William Byron and Victory Lane? But like, what's your overall feeling about these giant hats? Um, I think the big hats are fucking stupid. Totally agree. What the fuck? They're dumb. They don't look good. They just look stupid. I don't understand the people's obsession with them. The only thing I can understand is the fact that um, a strong gust of wind probably won't blow it off your head, so you'll <laughs> never have to put it backwards to keep it on your head in windy weather. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's really about it. Yeah, I I mean, to me, it feels like it, I, it looks like it would give me a headache just looking at it. So I'm not a fan. I'm trying to think of when I, where I saw it first. I saw it first somewhere. I remember like Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or one of those. It had like a post game, like the player comes over to talk to like. Oh, the it, was, it was Brian Robinson. Was that? Like the running was- running back for the uh, Washington Commanders, right? And um, the company is owned by one of his buddies. I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, yeah, Brian Robinson was wearing it in the locker room for an interview and said that it was his friend's big hat, hat company. If you want a big hat, to let him know, they were actually on Shark Tank. A long time ago Ah. with their big hats. Um, But I remember this, and don't quote me on this directly. Actually, you can quote me on this one directly because now I have an article pulled up while I vamped through that a little bit. (laughs) Um, They saw a 300% spike in sales over the one-year period after um, Brian Robinson had it on. And sold out of their entire stock of 8,000 that they had left after Josh Allen wore one on a (laughs) Thursday night football uh, post-game interview. Sounds about right. Wow. Um, Yeah, they start at $75 before you you customize them. Um, So... I can think of a lot of other things I'd like to spend $75 on. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather put it into my gas tank. <laughs> yeah. As, as sad as it is to put that much in the gas tank, I I would get more use out of it for sure. Well, uh, I don't want it. $75 in the gas tank is a good day. Yeah. I mean... Not, not, not all of us drive small cars, Crumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really annoying? Gas what? pump shut off at $75. I'm pretty sure this is the second time I've gone off on this on this podcast, so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> if you want my goddamn money, don't shut off the goddamn gas tank. Yeah, it seems like a just a fail by them. They're not getting the bag, but uh, that company that makes those big hats apparently did. So good for good for them getting the bag. I mean, great, cool. Not gonna not gonna rain on your parade, but I'm definitely not going to be a customer. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I uh, I didn't wear Crocs for years, but now I can't go anywhere without seeing them. 
I mean, Crocs have a utility. <laughs> I don't understand the utility of this massive, other than it looks goofy. <laughs> do they have a utility? They're just sandals where you don't see your toes. Uh, I think they're more. I don't like sandals personally. I'm like a no sandals kind of guy. So I I bought into the Crocs and I actually was a fan. So to me, they're above sandals. I don't you don't know. mess with a, like a nice Nike slide. No, I've tried. Just I can't. They don't. They either don't feel comfortable or they like slip off or don't stay on or like I've never found a size that feels comfortable and won't like I don't know. I can't describe it in a succinct way, so I'm gonna stop as well. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, those big hats will fit any size noggin. Yes. <laughs> I think noggin is actually the name of the company too. I I, I was pretty sure that was right. Because <laughs> I was also Googling. I was like, is that a name drop? Yeah. All right. Well, back to back to racing. Enough hats. Uh, our buy low or sorry, skipping those. Back to racing. Uh, our locks and our lineups uh, were iffy. Um, my lock of the twenty-two before the qualifying was not very good. After I saw Kyle Larson basically dominate everyone in qualifying, I jumped on the bandwagon for him, which was a good call. So he was a good lock to have. Um, I had a lineup that got me two X. That had uh, the 45 of Reddick, 22 of Logano, didn't kill me, but wasn't great. 17 of Busher was good. Uh, Kozlowski looked good, but didn't get the finish that I think he probably wanted or expected. Um, but that lineup still got me 2x. So I was happy to have that. That uh, The total score of that lineup was 334.2. So if you're in that area in terms of points, you should have been hopefully in the money. But that was also a single entry. So multi-entry, it might have been different. I don't know. Uh, and then BK bets, uh, posted them this week. Honestly, the, the best bet I had was on Larson, the favorite going in. I put two units on him to kind of cover all my other bets looked midway through the race. Like that was the right play. And then Harvick came on strong and then 24 came on strong and it, he kind of faded. So didn't make any money on a winner there, unfortunately, but did hit on my lineup. So that was nice. Uh, Josh, did you, I know, I know our drafts aren't great, but how was, did you have any other lineups in? No, I only played our draft lineups. That was in tournaments, right? Not in cash. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I uh my pre-qualifying was slightly better. Your post-qualifying was slightly better, but it was all just just below the money-making line it feels like by maybe 15-20 points. Yeah, sometimes that's just the way it goes. Yeah. You know, the way the race was going, I was starting to feel pretty confident with our I mean, the post-qualifying draft I still won, so taking a bunch of drivers starting up near the top paid off decently. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just hoping we get something at, at Atlanta this weekend because I think the car still sucks. <laughs> yeah. I think the racing still sucks. Yeah, that is kind of one of the... I mean, we didn't even really talk about the race that much. We talked about Harvick because there was not much to talk about in the race. Um, it was it was pretty rough. It was not a good time. Um, I'm getting to the point where I feel like I don't even have to tune in until there's 50 laps left. Yeah, and that's... I've, I, I, if anyone ever said, like, oh, I'm just going to watch the end of the race, I'd be like, I, I don't fault you for that because you're not missing much, at least at this point in the season. I mean... Atlanta's probably going to be a little bit more exciting, but also might just be another wreck fest. So it's like, I, I don't know. 
Um, I'm hoping that Martinsville is at least better than it was last year. I don't think it could be worse. But if it's not much better, it's going to look like Phoenix, and I don't want that. So, who knows? Uh, I think they have opportunities to improve the racing, but it kind of sucks that this is where the championship race is also. Like, it's, it's not the best track for it. It's not the best package. Obviously, we saw that. Um, so yeah, kind of sucks. Um, also kind of sucks for Denny Hamlin because he decided uh, he would open his mouth after the race. Um, I know it wasn't covered very much in the end of the race because it was like mid-pack, but Hamlin basically decided to put Chastain in the wall. And then in, on his new podcast, he admitted it and talked about it. And then NASCAR decided, oh, if you're going to talk about it, then we can fine and penalize you 25 points. So I don't think it makes any goddamn sense to penalize people based on whether they admit it or not. When it's always, when there are obvious cases of it happening, you know it's like it's on purpose. But because they didn't admit it, you're not going to like it, it feels it'd be like a, a a justice system that says, like, well, we can only convict if you admit you did it. You can get away with it. There can, it can be obvious that you did it. But if you say you didn't, then we won't penalize you. It's like, what what sense does that make? Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's complete bullshit that they go back after the fact and do something like that. Um, but I don't feel bad for Denny. <laughs> yeah that's understandable i mean he definitely does like to talk a big game and i think he talked himself into some trouble he didn't need to um but i i kind of like the only thing this does is make it so that drivers will not be open and honest about what happens on the racetrack and that's not helpful for anyone yep so whatever Let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Atlanta. Now, one thing I didn't mention to you before we started recording is uh, they moved the pit road entry. Did you see any of this on Twitter or hear about this? I did not. So, apparently, the pit road entry and speed limit starts at the entrance to turn three. So, on the back straightaway, you have to pull down and then slow all the way down to the pit road speed and then go through three and four at that speed down pit road, have your pit stop, go all the way. I think through one and two, potentially you can start getting speed before then. Um, I'm not sure about the pit exit situation. I just know the pit entry is way pulled back. And the idea is if there are green flag pit stops, you're not going to have someone like slowing down right in front of the pack. Cause it is really hard to pit um, like kind of in the middle of a run. Cause there's not much room between you stopping to get on pit road and the bottom lane that's going 190 or whatever. So you kind of have to like give the person room, but like there's not enough room to do it. So they're like, all right, let's move the pit road situation. But that makes it a really long pit road and people will go like probably multiple laps down under pit stops. And that part kind of rubs me the wrong way. So I guess what's your reaction to that sort of random tidbit of news? Well, I think it's NASCAR's way of saying, see, all of the cautions we throw are good. See, we should have a caution after every stage. See? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it just feels reactionary um, to the fact that they basically turned Atlanta into a third super speedway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Well, I don't think it's really going to affect the race at all. Yeah, I don't 
I don't know. I think it could, but to be fair, last year, I don't think there were any scheduled green flag stops. So if it didn't happen last year, it could also not happen again because there's so many cautions. The stages, yeah, the stages are annoying when they break up the race. But honestly, at this track, you're probably just going to see cautions every 50 laps anyway. So we'll see. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't expect it to affect the racing. I think it screws things up if there's a caution thrown at that time. Makes it kind of awkward, but we'll see. To your point, it's a super speedway drafting track, whatever you want to call it now. Uh, I thought I heard some things about no qualifying, but apparently that might have been wrong. It looks like qualifying is scheduled for Saturday. And there was some rain in the forecast for Friday. So that, but they should still yeah, be. Yeah, it's going to pour on Friday. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to screw up the weekend schedule. And that's why people were talking about not having cup qualifying, but. As far as I know, they should still qualify um, from everything I've looked at. So, Is Xfinity there? Yes, and the trucks. Let me double check on Bob Pocris's Twitter because he's got all the best info, usually. Um, yeah, yeah, if trucks have... and Xfinity are there, then yep. they're probably thinking that the trucks are not going to run on Friday, so they're going to have to run Saturday ahead of the Xfinity race. You got to have that race. You got to have the Xfinity race. And that means qualifying for NASCAR gets. Yeah, it looks like right now on the schedule, they have truck and Xfinity qualifying scheduled for Friday. So in my mind, just cancel those and then have your cup qualifying Saturday morning at 1130 like scheduled. But I don't know if they're going to prioritize the trucking Xfinity because they have more cars trying to attempt to make it. I don't know if certain drivers would go home if they don't qualify qualifying or anything like that so uh i would just follow bob pockers if you want to know more on that front but you should know by saturday what the qualifying situation is but we won't take too much stock in it because this is a drafting track so should we jump into the draft at this point i mean there's not much else to say about atlanta i don't think i don't think so either you got the first pick so if you're ready kick us off yeah uh because it's a total crapshoot, I'm just going to go with the hot hand at the hot track, and I'm going to take William Byron in the 24. He's 14,000, which doesn't really matter because I'm not going to use all my budget. I think that's a, a good rule of thumb for this week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just lock in the 24 for me. That's, that's what I'll start with. All right. You're going to lock in the 24, and that means I have the entire board open for me. I don't think he's going to go three in a row. Let's see. Maybe I'll uh, flip it back to days of old. We're going to go way back to 2022 where I made a statement toward the end of the year after our second Atlanta race where this particular driver was contending and had his second race of the season at Atlanta with a top 10 finish. Let's start off with my buy low, the seven of Corey LaJoy. Yeah, he was on my list of drivers to pick, so that's that hurts. I like the pick a lot. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to go with you getting three picks before I put him on my board. Um, Clearly, he's got something at this track. uh, So I'm just going to put him in here. 
And let me just let me just stay uh, true to this tune that I'm singing, and I'm gonna take my lock of the twenty three Bubba Wallace. Oh, okay. I like that. I was not. I did not know what to expect. I thought you might go thirty four. Wasn't sure. But yeah, Bubba. He knows how to draft, right? Knows how to do something. He's looked pretty good so far this year. He's just uh, continuing, continuing the story of Bubba and just being unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been a great year so far, but he, I think um, at Vegas he showed a lot of speed. He always seems to do pretty, or at least show a strong effort at the these drafting tracks. I, I guess he doesn't always get the results, but that's that's that could be said about almost anyone. Um, I am going to go down to my buy low, which is in the same category as Corey LaJoy, but a little bit cheaper, and I'm going to take Justin Haley in the 31. He's he's having a quietly good year so far. Nothing special, but he's also a, a decent drafter. So I like him for forty two hundred. He seems like a good good choice for buy low. So we've got our buy lows. We've got our locks. Um, and again, follow us on Twitter at iRaceWeGamble. If we update these, we'll do another draft before the race. Um, but this might be one of the weekends where we don't change much because there's not much to really look at to change. Um, not much is going to change. Even if people qualify well, that's single car speed. That's not the same as drafting. So give me the 31. And then I think I will go with uh, one of the cars that looked really strong here last year. There's two of them on this team, the track house team. And I'm going to go with the cheaper one of Daniel Suarez in the 99. All right. I don't hate it. No, I mean they both look good at this race last year, from what I remember. I think I'm they were very happy you went cheaper. Well, yeah, because I'm sure you want the one. Of course, I do. <laughs> you can have him. He's twelve thousand. I mean, not that I. Yeah, I can afford it if I wanted it, I guess. But I like I like going for the cheap drivers this week because it feels like you need a cheap lineup for some reason. I mean, look at Daytona. Under right. thirty thousand was the ideal lineup. Yeah. Um, I am going to take the one, though. I mean, it's a good pick, regardless of how much he costs. Because I am going to shoot myself in the foot and put him back into my lineup, which means he's going to suck or he's going to get wrecked, and I'm going to be pissed off about it. Give me the 41 or Ryan Priest. Oh, boy. Just has to play the survival game. He might get it done. Did you do well at Daytona? I don't remember, honestly. I don't remember either. I'm going to take a quick look. And he finished in 36th. So. He wrecked. Yeah, yeah he wrecked. That doesn't really mean much. Um, let's see. Does he have a high driver average for the race, maybe, that I put those in? Uh, yeah, actually, he had a decent driver average, which means that he probably ran pretty well in that race. I mean, yeah, he was top 11. He was 11th. Make it easier. He was 11th uh, overall in driver averages for Daytona. So he obviously ran well and then got caught up in a wreck. So I actually do like that quite a bit. All right, my last two slots here. Um... I know this isn't Larson's style of track, but it feels hard to ignore his success lately. 
Um, Eric Jones is always quality here, and he's inexpensive. Yeah, I think I'll throw him in, which leaves me with 17.5 left over. Uh, since he's only 7.5 thousand, it's nice and cheap. And maybe just to diversify, because I think, yeah, I have four Chevys. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Hamlin as the top Toyota um, and just lock that in at 12.5. That's higher than I expected to spend, but it's only still 5,000 remaining. So any kind of adjustments I want to make, I can make, but I'll round it out with the 43 and the 11. They feel like strong drafting picks. Yeah, I'm good with those. I like your lineup. Excellent. And coming in at 45,000 after giving me grief about taking the expensive $12,000 driver of Ross Chastain. I got to throw you off. Well, you can only throw me off so much. Because <laughs> not having my lineup pulled up right at the moment, I'm pretty sure, oh yeah, I have the board available to me. Oh yeah. As you Which should. really makes me tempted to take a guy like Joey Logano. Yeah. And I would say, like, if this wasn't a drafting track, I would say, like, the Fords have looked really atrocious so far, so far, um, aside from Kevin Harvick last week. So, like, Joey Logano has not looked good at all, but it's a drafting track, so it doesn't really come into play. Yeah, so you know what? For the for the sake of this lineup, I'm just going to throw in the Daytona winner and round mine out with the 47 or Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah. Hard to go wrong there. Which means I was more successful at doing what you were saying you were trying to do because <laughs> I have enough money still, if he was available, to add Denny Hamlin to this lineup as a sixth driver. Yeah, I have 12,800 remaining, so I'm going to roll with that for now. We'll see how things shape out, but I don't really have a ton of problems with this. Um, I think if I was going to change anything, honestly, it'd just be to take Ryan Priest out and go for one of the higher tag drivers, maybe even somebody like a Kyle Busch. So you're saying Kyle Busch is in guys we missed? Yeah, I think we could start with him. And then I think we should pick either Blaney or Logano. I don't know if you have a preference there. I think Blaney's looked better. Yeah. So, so far, far this year, this I year. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't hate the idea of putting Harvick on there either. Agreed. He, I was tempted to pick him at a couple different points. Um, yeah. Because of, because of how into... Uh, despicable me my daughter is right now I would say that storehouse racing is uh, Kevin Harvick is Gru and the rest of them are just minions <laughs> at this point <laughs> they're just the little yellow idiots that follow them around and babble and don't make any sense whatsoever that's awesome <laughs> although I will say it's very very entertaining to watch those movies with closed captioning on <laughs> oh I never thought about that because some of the random minion babble they actually like phonetically write the word out and sometimes it just says like inaudible minion language <laughs> that's so funny it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to why they do it but it really really entertains me for some reason 
yeah, whoever was in charge of the closed captioning was like, I don't fucking know. I'm just going to put inaudible, whatever. <laughs> yep. My God. I don't think I can do that phonetically, so anything goes. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Michael McDowell getting in this lineup? I'm good with that for sure. Okay. So now we have three forwards. We officially have too many minions, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, the other the minions are Stuart Haas specifically. Okay, okay, okay. So we, yeah, we only got Gru from Stuart Haas. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. We got one more slot board available yet again. Do we need another Toyota? Would you take Bell, Bubba? No, we already have Bubba. Sorry. Truex. I'd be okay, I'd be okay with Bell. Yeah, I think yeah. I know. The- this is a higher price lineup, but I feel like this is also because we kind of have to cover our bases in terms of who we didn't pick. Like, we need some of these higher tier guys represented somewhere. So I'd say if you take the pool of 15 drivers that we've given you at this point between our two drafts and this guys we missed lineup, you're probably in a good place to pick five of those, is what I would say. Yeah, I agree. And it still misses names like Larson and Truex. And Logano, um, Brad Kozlowski and Busher aren't on there. Yep. They both run pretty well at super speedways. So, Rolla, another one. Yeah, we could say it's over blue in the face. It's kind of a crapshoot. Try to figure out who's not going to get involved in Rex. Yeah. I didn't even bother putting this spreadsheet together this week because it's really just like you're not. I'm not like, oh, there's an opportunity for great value here. It's like, no, just pick the five guys who fit and you like and have faith in. I don't know. Um, I guess the only other thing I would say is like maybe I, I don't mind a Josh Berry just from the perspective of him trying to just survive and get experience. Um, I probably said that about Noah Gragson last year and he was the first caution in this race. So take that with a <laughs> salt. It might just be too much for him to handle. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. Guys who missed, 12, 8, 4, 34, and 20. I mean, just remember, at Daytona, the ideal lineup included the likes of Cody Ware and Travis Pastrana. Yeah. So, there there you go. AJ Allmendinger. No wrong answers. (laughs) Yeah, so, good luck figuring out how it's going to go. Yep. All right, Josh, it looks like Duke is still uh, maintaining their lead in this game that's happening while we record, so I'm happy. Any Got any other March Madness advice? What's the score of that Duke game right now? Uh, we got 54-35 Duke over Oral Roberts with 9.30 left. So not a, not, a, not an open and shut case, but it's it, it doesn't feel close. Yeah, that's one, that's one when I get done when we hit finish on the recording that I uh, will be watching. We got a good game right now with five minutes left, six-point game between Iowa and Auburn. That game, I think, matters quite a bit um, because they're playing in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, wow. um, So if Auburn wins that, basically, on their home turf, then they are going to be essentially hosting the number one seed, Houston. Um, for the week for the weekend game, and Auburn is a team that 
has enough talent and shooting and size that they could hang with Houston. Um, so like that's oversight. Like, why would they do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this, there was a lot of controversy with it because the Kansas fans were pissed off that they weren't put into Kansas City. Mm. Alabama is playing in Birmingham as well. Uh, it's like, all right, so, yeah, you're <laughs> going to go to the games. Would you rather be in Kansas City or would you rather be in Las Vegas? Right. Uh, your team's in Las Vegas. That's <laughs> significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's gonna. It's tough to like talk about what's going on with the tournament right now, um, and what I'm thinking for Friday and stuff like that. Um, maybe if I think about it, I'll try to put out some tweets. But I'm working an hour away from home right now, and I'm the one driving this week, so not a lot of extra downtime to be messing around on the phone. Yeah. Um, but just just for funsies, I'll throw I'll throw a couple that I shared with my buddies out out to the listeners. There's a couple um, elite eight bets that I really really like this year that I would consider you know quote unquote long shots because you're gonna have the Houstons and the Alabamas of the world who have odds to make the elite eight at like plus one thirty, where you're not really getting super, super good bang for your buck if that happens. But I do have I believe it's three or four teams that I really like as longer shots to make the elite eight. Um, so they are Miami to make the Elite Eight, okay. which, yes, that does mean Miami is the team to beat Houston. Interesting. Um, unless Auburn knocks off Houston, uh, Miami definitely has the size and speed to outrun any team in, in this tournament. Um, one of their guards is injured. Um, he has a slight groin strain, so something to keep an eye on. I uh, would not be surprised if you don't see him play this first round game because they're not going to think they need him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see him suit up but then not play. Okay. Um, but just kind of monitor that. But overall, um, Miami, I actually have them into the championship game in a couple of the brackets that I filled out. And yes, I am the guy who fills out 25 brackets <laughs> every year. I have the one that I go through and make up myself, um, which aside from me losing an Elite Eight team in Arizona, uh, was looking very, very, very strong early on today, uh, including my pick of Furman to upset Virginia. I will pat myself on the back there. Um right. Just put this little nugget in the back of your brain. Yes, San Diego State won today. I did pick them to win, but stop picking Mountain West teams to win in this tournament. They can't. (laughs) Analytically, they look good by the models. They look good, and they get into this tournament, and they just get shit on. Don't pick Mountain West teams. Boise State is on their way to losing. Utah State lost to Missouri. 
San Diego State got the win. Arizona State's going to get boat raced, even though they won that play-in game. Just don't pick these Mountain West teams, please, for the love of God. Or keep picking them, because it makes my brackets look better. <laughs> um, all right, so that was quite a bit of nonsense. Um, another team to make the Elite Eight that I like as a long shot, this is actually my longest shot. I have a half unit on this. Um, I have them at plus 880 for this, but I uh, it's it's Providence. Oh. They, yes. did, they did not look good in their conference tournament, but they have looked very, very strong all season. And uh, it sounds like their head coach is poised to make a leap up to one of the bigger programs uh, going into next year. And I would also not be surprised if you can find this on a sports book anywhere uh, that Rick Pitino is coaching that team next year. I would put a few dollars on that. So Miami, Providence, um, Miami, in case anyone's interested, they're at plus 420. So uh, Providence's odds are slightly more than twice as long to get to the Elite Eight, but I do like a little bit on that bet. What, um, um, what uh, sportsbook are you looking at for these? Just curious. Uh, FanDuel. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll give you a little bit more time if you got one more to say a couple real quick uh, race winner picks I like. Just looking at Bet Rivers while you were uh, discussing that. Uh, McDowell's plus 5,000 to win, so I like that one a lot. Um, Suarez plus 2400, I think is okay. Uh, I like in terms of favorites, you got Chastain plus 1200, uh, Blaney plus 1200. I put one in for Kyle at plus a thousand just because I want to root for him anyway. So, um, yeah, just some, some winner picks if you want to go the, the roulette wheel of, uh, Atlanta this weekend, but yeah. I don't have any March Madness picks because I didn't watch enough college basketball to have an informed opinion. So I agree with everything Josh is saying. <laughs> Do you have any uh, any last ones for us there? Yeah, and I'm a college basketball junkie. Yep. Um, I I lied. Miami's actually at plus 610. Ooh. The team that was at plus 420 that I also have, it's my third team. I did three of these bets today. All just a half unit, just a dip my toe in the water. Crumb, you gotta like this. It's Duke. Yeah. <laughs> Plus 420 to make the Elite Eight. Um, I might have to jump on that one. Shaky start to the season. Came alive near the end of the season. Obviously went through the ACC tournament, won it. Beat Virginia, which now that they lost to Furman doesn't quite hold as much weight. Um, but Virginia was supposed to kind of run away with that tournament like they did with the regular season title in the ACC. Um, and Duke has a minimum of four, if not five, future NBA players on that roster. Mm-hmm. They're young, they're tall, they're long. Um, that's all a formula. I mean, just go go back and watch highlights of this Duke-Oral Roberts game. It looks like a varsity team playing a JV squad just based on the size and athleticism of the guys. And Oral Roberts was a very impressive team this year. So uh, Duke at plus 420 to make the uh, Elite Eight. If you want to get even more spicy with it, I would not 
berate you at all to take Duke coming out of that region and going all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, I'm looking right now for uh, Final Four odds on Bet Rivers, and they are pretty. I can't even find them. Am I going blind? It's possible. Duke, no. I don't understand how they're not on this list. Teams to make Final Four. I wonder if it's because they're. I wonder if it's because they already played or they're playing now. Yeah, I think that's why they're just not available as a as a pick on Bet Rivers at least currently. So I'll take a look after this Let me game. See if I can pull it up on. Oh yeah, see, Fanduel only has the South Region yeah. winner open right now. So. Yeah, so we'll have to see how the odds adjust here after this. Uh, hopefully, a win over Oral Roberts with four minutes to go. Um, and then I might I might throw a quarter unit on just a final four appearance if it's good enough odds just for fun. Yeah, and speaking of that South region, with the four seed of Virginia going down and the two seed of Arizona going down, mm. if you don't love uh, the one seed of Alabama to continue on and you want to get a little bit spicy, uh, Creighton at plus 380 to make it out of that bracket and go to the final four is – is pretty good. Um, they have the exact same odds as Baylor, who's the three seed. I have Creighton at plus 600 on Bet Rivers if you want a little better action. Oh, yeah. Definitely go over it, yeah. <laughs> with, with all these, look around on the sportsbooks. Yeah. If, if you like anything that I've just said and you want to take a shot on any of them, check all the sportsbooks that are available in your area. Yep. And, you know, play the odds to your favor. Right, chop around, get the best price. You know how it goes. All right, are we are we there? Are we there yet? <laughs> I think so. All right, what's what's the Sunday forecast look like? We know Friday's a washout. Are we getting racing in? We are getting racing, but you're gonna need your parka on Sunday. Yeah. Oh no. High of forty-eight. Ooh. In Atlanta, Georgia. I guess it's not hot, Atlanta. Never mind. They are in a cold snap right now. Um, only a 1% chance of rain, light wind, a little bit of afternoon clouds, but mostly sunny at least, which will help. But yeah, yeah, 48. So we're going to you know, see a super speedway probably with track temps in the 70s. be interesting yeah. to see how that all works. Indeed. Well... With the between March Madness, F one, and NASCAR this weekend, I think I have about thirty six hours worth of sports to watch. So, see if I actually there'll probably be more of a background viewing experience for a lot of those. But um, looking forward to a fun weekend, I think. Um, and, Absolutely, uh, and we don't say this enough, but only bet what you can lose. Yes, uh, yeah, very very good reminder. This is not a this is not how to make money. This is how to have fun with extra money. You shouldn't be betting money that you aren't like willing to lose, basically. That's the way you have to look at it. Every bet you place is like going to, you know, if you're placing a $5 bet, it's like you went to the corner store and you bought an energy drink and a $1 scratch-off lottery. Right. Or, uh, or you went to Starbucks for one small drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.